My guest is James R. Bolton, Jr. Well, that certainly was our uh, our experience here during the, the growth of the Tea Party movement, is that the Republican Party was uh, a major antagonist. Uh, everything from outright antagonism to falsely trying to join and be part of the Tea Party. I mean, it was it was kind of an interesting thing to see uh, you have a Tea Party meeting and have one or two people from the GOP in suits and ties. Uh, it wasn't as if they were there in secret. And uh, it, it really was not the kind of mix. And so we understand that. And and you you made several other comments, which I think are very true, and that is the political system as it currently is cannot deal with insurgency. Its goal is to self-perpetuate. And yes. be- because that's what its goal is, it's useless to fight what is going on in this country. Let me, and I'm talking with James, James R. Bolton Jr. from Eastern Washington State, a political resolutionist and legal investigator, uh, very active in group uh, group insurgency on all sides of group insurgency. Let me let me ask you a question. I mean, obviously. The, the deeper the divide gets um, and the more the more antagonism verbal antagonism that occurs um, at some point uh, what are the things that that push a war of words a cold war uh, what are the things that push it into a hot war what are the things that push it into a hot war in other words, um, what what kind of things are the straws that, that break a camel's back? I mean, you, at some point, if you have a crescendo of, of two opposing uh, philosophies that are incompatible, at some point, there is, is some kind of a resolution or an explosion. Uh, oh, sure. So how does that work? What are the things, what factors would you look for? in terms of uh, trying to predict what's going to happen? Well, and, and that's a good way to ask it, what, try to predict what's going to happen. That's one of the great battles that we have fought in this thing for years. Is we, we, there's a lot of voices out here that predict you know, doom and gloom, and then the other side says it's all conspiracy theory and things like that. Well, it's actually somewhere in the middle. Um, if we understand insurgency itself, the whole point of it is not to create a catastrophe, a sudden catastrophe. If that were to happen, then the powers that are the insurgent powers would lose complete control of the situation. They would lose their information dominance. They would lose their marginal control they have over politics and and things like that, and social movement and things like that, and the influence they have. So if, if you really want to know, if you really want to look at a good prediction of the way things are going to unfold, I would look at Mexico. They're a, they a prime example of how insurgency works um, and how chaos creates change. We know the problems they've had with cartels and the, the great corruption in the government and things like that, but it's interesting that Russia, Russia's Putin especially, has used that 
chaos to move in there and become very influential in Mexico now. And so, and he has. So we see that type of environment opens the door for those things, and it didn't take a war, you know, open warfare to do that. And I think that's what conservatives need to understand. You can continue to be apathetic all you want to and just hope for the best. Well, as one Air Force colonel said, hope is not a strategy. Um, things will get worse if you don't do anything, if you don't um, at least mitigate the circumstances. But we don't want to get caught up in a mitigation loop because that really gets you nowhere after a while. It just creates, solves a few small problems along the way. However, this what's unfolding in the United States today is a very protracted event. Insurgency is protracted. Is, is a protracted event. It takes place over time, methodically. And that's why it's eluded so many people. They just can't quite get a hold of it. And because of that, they don't see the, the need to learn the skills to fight it. And I think now, more than ever, we have a chance to show people what's taking place. It's pretty obvious when you look at the news media and some of the other activities in the street, the, the riots and things like that are taking place all across the country, uh, the change in policing behavior. Oh, there's so many things we can point at now to show, to show people that, hey, the narrative on the street's changing and so is the, so is the political policy. You know, now, now is the time to um, pull together and syndicate our efforts in a, in a professional strategy and um, because it's not going to be a sudden change. I know, you know, people look for predictive um, analysis, but, you know, analysis only gets you so far in anything. There has to be a practical application somewhere. And the practical application is the syndicating of political power, and we have put together a program for that. And um, we're trying to... We worked with a group down in Paso Robles and got them started on the uh, syndication of political power, and they are moving ahead with that now. So it's a very small group of people in a very rural area there next to the coast in California. So they're, they're having lots of water issues and uh, water and environmental attacks. So. But the environment that's unfolding in front of us will not be one of sudden collapse. I don't follow that because that's not the way insurgency works. That's what they don't want. And no one really wants that. However, Dr. Dan, if that it could be the best thing that could happen to us if it did happen. But unfortunately, I don't believe that's going to take place that way based on the models that we've seen. Well, James Bolton, Jr., we have had an interesting discussion about uh, a number of critically important issues. Um, you have a lot to say. Uh, and how would people get in touch with you? Okay, they can they can reach me at uh, ffisc at protonmail.com, That's or they can reach me at 509-690-1829, and I'm glad to uh, help anyone that wants to learn these, these skills and uh, hopefully see some great cooperation take place across the country. Well, thank you so much, James. This is, this is not a discussion that is by far over. And uh, I think uh, you and I uh, need to have another one of these discussions, uh, maybe in a, a few months and uh, take another look at what's going on. But uh, you can contact James 
at F F I S C Frank Frank Indigo Sierra Charlie at protonmail.com. It's phone number 509-690-1829. James Bolton, thank you so much for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you so much, Dr. Dan. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. My guest is James R. Bolton, Jr. So is that the natural history of a political movement? And if so, that's really kind of counterproductive. What do you do to prevent that from happening? I think what we need to understand, you just described the Tea Party, and we had the same experience with the Tea Party here in Spokane, where I know there was one one meeting down there where there were probably around 15,000 people in, a, in an arena down there. And and within three years, three to four years, it was down to like 50 people. In fact, once when that, when it got down to between 25 and 50 people, one of my friends who was uh, basically part of our, our work was acquainted with the leaders of that movement down there, and he wanted them to sit down and talk with me. So I, they called me down there. We met them for dinner, and I listened to them, and it was right off the top. It was just obvious, and, and, and of course, I can be very critical because of my background and kind of uncertainty and things like that and studying movements. We were required to. But the bottom line is, Dr. Dan, they didn't, ha- they didn't have the first understanding of number one of the conditions they were facing and two they didn't have any understanding of even how to build a a proper movement a strong movement so you know it's so important for people to understand obviously we don't have time today to go through an entire lesson on this but 
movements basically go through four stages. They go through emergence, coalescence, solemnization, and decline. And decline can happen at any time. And decline can also be successful because uh, the condition has normalized. And, and hopefully you won and the condition is normalized. So the emergence is simply a point where an idea has risen and people of like mind are kind of grouping together. Well, that's what happened when the Tea Party exploded. That's what happened when the 2005 movement kicked off in Montana, the big patriot movement that swept across the Northwest. Thousands of people were getting together. This was an emergence, but it had no form. It had no strategy. It had no um, cooperative leadership. Just having leadership is not good enough. You have to have cooperative leadership. We're talking about a nation here, not not about one one little island on the earth somewhere. So you have to have some cooperation. None of that existed at that point. And then if you can, if you get through that and begin to form, then you see a period of coalescence where leadership has basically emerged, and they're beginning to outreach and the movement is beginning to grow and, and sink into the society just a little bit. But at that point, it's still it's still on dangerous ground. It can still be blown apart. It can still fade. It can still go into decline. And if your adversaries, and this is exactly, this is partially what happened, the people who are the, we would consider the political insurgents in this country, they were watching all of this very intently. And in fact, in Washington State and in Montana, there were arrests made of political arrests made of different leaders. We had one leader in Thurston County arrested. He was on trumped-up charges and things like that. It happens, but they were attempting to blow the movement apart. But that's exa- but what happened to the Tea Party is what happened to the whole movement. There, there was no center of gravity in the movement. A center of gravity is simply capacity. There, there was no real capacity in the movement, so it never reached solemnization. The Tea Party never reached it, and, and the movements here never reached it. Solemnization is basically, uh, you can see a measurable unity among the groups who have basically joined forces um, in an identified strategy and, and identified goals, and now they're actually intently working together in a cooperative fashion, in a kind of a syndicated fashion to accomplish the same thing. And that's what's got to happen. But that's not going to happen until it's established, until a beachhead established somewhere in the United States. We could we could certainly talk about why movements fail, um, because people fail to understand the conditions. It's a lack of realism. Uh, it's a dependence on paradigms that have no real effect on the opposition. See, we're still, by and large, Dr. Dan, we're still holding on to the party paradigms, the old system that has basically failed us. The old system has no skills. It has no ability to combat this insurgency. The insurgency works around elections and and other things like that and, and legal matters and those areas. So you can't... You, 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 we need to vote, certainly, but we certainly can't um, vote and sue our way out of this condition because if this condition is at the social and political level. We have to gain control of the street narrative again. And we've lost that. We've lost control of the narrative. Um, there's also, number two, why movements fail, the lack of operational skills. We, we know that. You and I talked about that. But they, they, people don't have the skills to fight in that arena. And so that, that's got to be dealt with. And then number three, based on 
personality bias. These movements in the past were dependent on affluent and popular individuals. Um, you can't base a movement on popular people. I mean, they're great for influencing other people. That's good. You need that's called an influencer movement. That's what these movements were. They were influencer movements. They don't last. They they never do. They always they always collapse after a while. We need uh, something deeper than that. You can't rely on influencers. You've got to have a real strategy and a real cooperation across all lines to make it work. And then. Lastly, it's one that I've talked intently about with groups that I've been invited to speak with, and that is internal security and policing. And people hear that and they're like, are you serious in in a movement like this? We are fighting against professionals here who are destroying our way of life. They have a counterintelligence apparatus. They have a standard intelligence apparatus. They have a strategy. They have goals. They know what they're doing. They're trained. It's actually there's actually classes you can take in college for social movement, community organizing. Now they train people to do this. There are over 420 socialist communist organizations operating in the United States today. Is that not an insurgency? If if, if it isn't, I don't know what an insurgency is. Why are these people allowed to operate? But we need to be more worried, not worried about them. The enemy is never the problem. This is where this is where this I get people's attention most of the time. The enemy, the enemy is never the problem. We are the problem. We're always the problem. We have everything at our fingertips to defeat this enemy. We just don't use it, and we don't cooperate with one another like we should. And and that's why I say internal security and policing. One of the things that the conservative circles have always done, and the Tea Party's always done, all of their plans and their uh, their their strategies are are blasted out over the internet, blasted out in public meetings, and we give away our strategy, we give away our plan. Our opposition knows what we're going to do before we do it. That's the security aspect of it. You can't do that. Then the policing party is we have problems within our own within our own uh, embodiment of people. This is what counterintelligence is all about. It's about force protection, protecting your force. So on these security issues and policing, it's so important that we focus on our own um, issues with internally because if we can't unify our own actions, if we can't police our own people, we're certainly not going to defeat a well-organized and professional adversary. So and you know, people also usually when I complete a a series on this, people say, "Well, you didn't talk about funding and participation about funding, especially." And well, I always tell people, if you get the, these first three or four things right, you won't need to worry about funding and participation because once you front yourself as a as as very organized and professional, the funds are going to come. Um, I collected for my just for this office here, and and the little work that we've done here in this county. I collected over fifty seven thousand dollars in eighteen months in, in funds. Um, and when you consider the rural area we're in, that's pretty unprecedented. So it these these skills work, and once people find out they do, once they see the organization and the unity, at least among a small group of people, and that you're getting something done, it will 
it will move forward. So you formed a core group, and, and you obviously had an issue uh, with the power company. Was that the primary issue that you used to get started? Oh, no. We've, I've actually been um, working in this area for 10 years. Uh-huh. And we've been we've dealt with several issues, and of course, the whole time we're movement building, and we've had a lot of attacks. Uh, the first attacks came from the Republican Party itself. They, the Republican Party in our county, is the controlling political power, uh, which is in some in some cases that would seem good, but in this particular case, it's not really good because they're pretty much status quo political entities um, who really don't even delve into the things that we're talking about here. They don't, they're not even concerned about what's taking place in the world or how our way of life is being changed. They're more, more interested in just keeping Republicans in office. That's their only focus, and they don't like anyone getting in their track or disturbing their function. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum will return right after this quick break. <laughs> 